Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode. And I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. Oh my god! It's it's episode 100. Look, more. Luke made it. and Pete Shaw, episode 100. Thank you so much for everyone who supported us over the last hundred episodes. It's been I fantastic. I can't believe this has happened. The energy in this room right now <laughs> because we've made it. I feel like I just feel like we've done something really special, and I'm very very proud of us, Pete. Hey. And, I, and I'm, I'm slightly less proud of all the listeners. No. So what have you done to? Um, what have you got to mark the occasion? Um, well, I've got you a little gift, Luke. You haven't. It's a, it's you never buy me things. No, no, uh, no. You can, no, you can have this one. Whoa! Uh, that's not what I was expecting. That's not real, is it? What? That's not. That's not real, is it? Well, you're about to find what out. What are you mate. doing? You no! No! <laughs> Pete. Peter. Pete. Pete. Ah, yeah. Sorry, you nodded off there, mate. What 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 have we got planned for episode 100? Uh, uh, uh I I don't know. It's episode 100, Luke Bower. The Luke and Pete show. Here we are. Is back for the 100th episode. I mean, we went by we were not bi-weekly. Yeah, because bi-weekly means also fortnightly, and it's very confusing. We were weekly, then we are twice a week. Just leave yeah, it at that. I just think it's cheating. <laughs> Don't complicate things. It's not our real 100th <clears throat> episode. It's great to be here, though. It is great to be it's here. It's great to make it this far. Yeah. Another digit on the uh, title <laughs> character limit. <laughs> That's why you got to look at it. We'll be it? running out, won't we? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. Thursday, almost the weekend. Mm. And, um, Pete, what I thought we should do for episode 100 mm. is well, I put a tweet out earlier in the week uh, and I said, look, we're going to do episode 100 mm. and what would be really great is if we were to uh, maybe go through what our listeners' favourite moments of the 100 episodes are. So almost they, they sort of curate and, 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 um, and plan the show for us. Mm. So I did all that. 
I combined all the um, all the uh, suggestions, and I've got a top five which we'll come on to. Um, but before we do that, what what have been your main takeaways from this? The one of the sort of lesser successful projects you've embarked upon in your career. Well, that's um, not the worst. It's not the worst project. Not the worst. Goodness no, me, no. But, but so, what have been your? Do you feel like you've got to know me, one of your dearest and closest friends, a lot better? Do you feel like that's something you can be very happy about? I've learned a lot about your cats and your family. Yeah. Um, that's and... part of being a friend, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I've but learned you know, a lot about history. You know, you, know you say you've learned a bit about me and, and my, friend, my family. Stuff. Has it helped you get over this crippling sense of um, fear of commitment? What do you mean? In your life. What do you mean? You I'm full of commitment. I'm made of it, mate. You know, what? I'm hewn from commitment. <laughs> it's your middle name. <laughs> hewn commitment. That's my name. Yeah. Um, uh, I tell you what. Um, there are some people in my life who listen to the Luke and Pete show in lieu of actually talking to me. That happens to me all the time. People sort of go, "Oh, I listen to this thing. Just, just talk to me, and I'll, and I'll tell you. I'll some, tell you the things that I said on the Luke and Pete show in, you know, first hand." Sometimes I'll get WhatsApps from friends, mm. and I won't have heard from them for a while, and it'll be. Oh, heard you mention me on the Luke and Pete show. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. Is that, it's the only way they can handle us. That's the future, see? Yeah. It's like a Black Mirror type episode. Mm. People, We're writing our diaries here. Yeah, people, yeah, people don't have um, friendship. Mm. They just have a series of recorded updates from friends that they can access whenever they want. <laughs> and everyone's recording them and you can access whichever people... You, that's a good idea, I think. Uh, I put a picture of... Uh, a few pictures of I took in Korea about a month ago, uh, a couple of months ago, and... Um, uh, people sort of people sort of sort of DMing me going, oh, you went in Korea, try this to go here in Seoul, and I was like, yeah. no, it's just all, all pictures. You just updating your Insta, it's just an update in the Insta, mate. Mm. I think um, <sighs> what I think is that with, with this show, you, you you are sort of making a diary of because because obviously I, I helped to make Berkhamsted Revisit, which is mm. this show about uh, two girls and a, and a teenage diary, mm. and. One of the things that's quite fascinating about it is it's made me really wish I could remember a lot of stuff about what's happened in my life. Yeah. And so maybe this show will, for the last year or whatever, mm. go some way towards that. Yeah. You know? Reminding that I wanted to go to bed with Samantha Fox. Yes, at age eight. Eight. Yeah. And now you're 38. Oh, no, 37, are you? Uh, 37. And how do you feel about Samantha Fox sort of right now? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm sure she's well, fine. Samantha Fox is currently 52 years old. She's a singer, songwriter, actress, and, of course, former glamour model. How do you think the 52-year-old Samantha Fox and the 37-year-old Pete Donaldson would get on? Because back then, Samantha Fox was only 23, wow. and you were eight. That's disgraceful, isn't it? Yeah. God, I and mean, it, the things Samantha Fox must have had to go through in the 80s as a yeah. glamour model. Good God, can you yeah. imagine? Yes, I can. <sighs> I don't want to. Um, <laughs> uh, this actually reminded you. Did you read about Paul McCartney and um, Lennon, McC uh, Lennon McCartney? Paul McCartney and yeah. John Lennon. And it's the odd this. <clears throat> it's very odd this. They, uh, when they were kids, they had, um, um, I suppose, what you'd call a circle joke. It was, is this the, uh, this is the late 50s, is it? Yeah, late 50s. They were, you know, around someone's house and uh, they all just started um, pulling their... Pulling their puddings. Indu uh, indulging in the act of onanism. One of now, the, um... now that is something that I have actually witnessed myself. Well, please tell us more. Carlton Camp again. Uh, episode one hundred is the, definitely the place for this. Sort again, of stuff. I was nine, maybe ten years old. I yeah. was at an orchestra trip, um, and uh, a couple of the older lads. Uh, I was just in a room. We're playing, uh, <laughs> playing role playing. 
And they well, hang on and a halfway minute. through. What does that involve? Well, like um, uh, like little, not little miniatures, but like you know, pretending you're a bloody orc or something, running around like Warhammer, <laughs> that sort of business. Okay. And uh, and one of them just started going and just started jerking it, and then all the rest of them had a race to see who could jerk it the fastest and to, to um, fruition. And uh, and I was like, How did you I, feel I, about I, this? Well, I hadn't started yet. So How old were you? I mean, I'd give him a run for the money now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening, lads, the office still, yeah, office still there. Come on. How did you feel Car about it at the time? Were you thinking about Samantha Fox? Uh, no, I wasn't thinking about anything. I just, I just wasn't in that world at all because I wasn't old enough. But I was like, that's an evocative image, isn't it? I said, you know. How old were you? Uh, I was eight. I, I was either nine or ten. I can't okay. remember. But yeah, I just remember thought of thing. And so when everyone was shocked at the idea of Lennon and McCartney jerking off together, um, you were like, wow. I was like, well, you know, kids be kids. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a couple of guys at my university in my halls of residence who were rumoured to be involved in a bit of that stuff. Yeah. But uh, and I think and I say rumoured, I think they actually did admit <laughs> to doing it. Um but I I want to bypass that as quickly as possible. Okay. As interesting as that story is because I really mm. want to start thinking about Beatles masturbation puns. Okay, right, yeah. So everyone's done come together. Come together yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I saw in one of the newspapers in um in the US did beat the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite good. That's great. Yeah. I haven't really think, thought. Um... While my penis gently weeps. Nice. Yeah, yeah. But that's to George Harrison. So I, mean, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of involve him if I, if I don't have to. Happiness is one cock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. very good. Oh, All right. well, we'll, we'll we think, about that, yeah, we'll um, think about that later. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode. And I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yep. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. So, as, as promised, should we do this top five? I think listeners might be interested in this. Now, it's mm. going to involve us essentially uh, rehashing old content. Yeah. But it is like, you know, you know, if you think of it like this, but sometimes when you get home from the pub and there's nothing on TV and you flick on Channel 5 and they're doing the top 100 reality TV moments, mm. it's all stuff you've seen before, but it's nice to be reminded of it massively, sometimes. So massively. what we're going to do, as I said, is a top five here based on listeners on Twitter, uh, hello, at Luke and Pete Show, uh, of course, the email is hello at lukeandpeachshow.com. Uh, based on their contributions and their suggestions, mm. we are going to go back through the top five uh, moments. Now, um, 
Do you want me to? I've got them here. You don't know what they are, Pete, do you? No, so I'm, I don't I'll, know. I'll, I'll run them down and I guess I'll read them and you can just interject. So You gave me a sneak peek, a yes. sneak peek, if you will, so, of, uh, of, what, um, of what one of them is. So I've got a bit of audio for that, but other than that, no. Okay, so I think that's what we're going to start with. So uh, coming in at number five, this is something you brought to the table, Pete. It's not an email. I think mm. it's the only one that isn't an email from a listener. Let me just right. double check that. Yes, it is. So. Number five is, of course, you probably want to put a little jingle in here, Peter, sound like a little sort of fanfare. Okay. Number five, is, that'll do, is The Long Egg. The Long Egg! Who remembers The Long Egg? Yes. Now, The Long Egg was something, Pete, do you want to give people a little bit of an update on, um, on what, well, a little reminder of what The Long Egg is and yeah. perhaps give people an insight into why it was quite so popular? Um, it was basically, um, oh God, I can't remember his bloody name now but um, I think it was Cook with Keith or Keith Cooks Keith Cooks on, uh, That's right. on, on YouTube this incompetent YouTube cook right he is an adorable man imagine an older um, Richard Branson who is quite nervous <laughs> in my mind Delight- he's a bit, he's delightfully a bit like the, um, nervous in my mind he looks a bit like um, Colonel Sanders yeah a little bit Colonel Sanders a little bit likes a likes a um, uh, likes a real ale likes to cook a long egg on occasion um, and basically, he's just this very nervous chap who makes videos about making different foods. Uh, but one of his um, threads was making a long egg, then making a scotch egg. And he had two or three failed attempts at making this long egg. Um, Describe what a long egg is for people who are new to the show. Imagine an egg. <laughs> but it's really long. Extruded. No, but it's like, it's the size of it. It's not like it's been rolled out flat and it's no. really small, like a little uh, pepperoni. It's a no. big egg sized length, like three foot the long egg. The circumference of an egg, extruded. And yeah. it looks like an egg on a cross section. I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just basically a trap. I'm um, trying to make a long egg um, with using things like um, he said waste pipe. He used a waste pipe, but like it's just a pipe. Like it wasn't used for waste, but he no. just said, and I've used a waste pipe for this. Yeah, like, don't, don't use the waste. waste. It's the word don't waste. Yeah, it's the word waste. That, yeah. not very good. Yeah. Um, and he does, he's on YouTube and he does some. Um, he does very sort of like really standard British meals. And I, I do have a lot of warmth for him. I think he's genuinely worth subscribing to. And I've subscribed. I think he's brilliant. Um, but he's very nervous. But he's back. He's, uh, he's, he's back doing bits and bobs. Um, not long eggs. He's moved past he's that. He's moved past that. Um, do you want to hear a bit of him? Yeah, sure. What he's up to now? Yeah, if you watch my recent video when I was sorting out my request list, um, I put this on the B list. But on the basis that it's not that easy to get goat here in sunny Leeds. Actually, it is if you go to the right place, but I never have. And also on the basis that I've had it once or twice and wasn't wowed by it. <laughs> Just talk about goats. He's making goats. Uh, he's cooking goats. Um, I think some kind of jerk goat situation. And uh, he's basically sort of saying, well, I don't really like goats. not very nice. <laughs> how, 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 how many testimonials? How many videos has he done in total now? Oh, he's probably done about 25. He's also started doing live videos as well which is quite good i'm quite enjoying that yeah and then realize that the the other essential ingredient is uh, a scotch bonnet chili Uh, so there's a stall that sells all manner of exotic um fruits and veg from you know africa and the caribbean and um of course they've got a huge box of scotch bonnets so i said uh, can i have one and she started weighing out a kilo. And I said, no, I just want one. And she's like, she gave me that kind of look that says, not a chance, matey. The bag costs more than one scotch bonnet. Um, so I got six. And uh, it cost me 64p. Haggling over one scotch yeah. bonnet. I thought he was going to say they don't have any. 
I thought he was going to say, and he was going to get into a situation where he was trying to make a goat curry without goat or a scotch bonnet chili, yet making a video about it anyway. <laughs> Keith. Keith. It's actually Keith. Don't forget, give it a like. Video, don't forget, give it a like. I like this bit. And if you like this video, don't forget, give it a like. Video, don't forget, give it a like. And if you like this video, don't forget, give it a like and share and subscribe and give me money and things like that. So he's a natural. Give me, a, give me money and things like that. It's, it's interesting because he is the same standard at presenting as he is at cooking. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a horrible way because no. none of us are perfect. You know, he's quite endearing in a way. Oh, he's lovely. Long egg. Lumber, it was a classic. But do you know what? We actually did a long egg chat, I think, over a year ago. Is that right? It's, it's, oh, it's lived long cricket. in the memory. And I found a video of Fred Dynage. Remember mm. Fred Dynage? Yeah. Still knocking about. Yeah. I found a video of him in the 70s showing how to make a long egg. And he does it, sat down in a chair with, um, in about three minutes, live, with no cuts. Mm. Uh, and it's, he, he actually makes it look pretty easy. Wearing a, uh, a black shirt as well. It's very risky. Yeah. And um, he with talks, anything protinous. He talks you through the process of actually how to do it. Well, have an egg pie. Look, it's there at the beginning. It's there in the middle. And it's still there, going strong at the end. Now, it's a, how... it's a row of egg down the middle. It's, it's a row of egg down the middle. Incorrect. There's your first mistake, pal. You? It's there, solid all the way through. Well, and you it's... just cut it across. If you no, I didn't look. If I hack it anywhere, the egg is still there. Look, if you. Don't believe me, it's still there, still going strong. You can't see the join. It's the same in a Scotch egg, if you can move along a bit there. And there he is, look. He's there on the beginning, he's still there in the middle, and he's still there at the end. How's it done? How do they... How's it done? And then he goes on to uh, create a long egg with a, a kind of, uh, I'm going to say a condom. Mm. It's, no, it's a, um, apparently you're supposed to make it with um, sausage skin. Mm. And he does it with a load of, um, I can't remember what he actually calls it. It's a... Um, it's uh, some sort of plastic. It's not. Yeah, it's, 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 not it's, like, it's like a plastic um, kind of long plastic bag, isn't it? Really, basically, yeah. So, but I, I do think that Keith's uh, method is a little bit more workable than uh, than Fred's, to be honest. Because I think Fred's um, the 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 white the white of the egg is too thin. Yeah, I agree. So I'm not having it. I agree. I'm not. Having um, it. We're we're not suggesting that Keith cooks is the last word in long egg making no we're just suggesting that he's the person who brought it to the wider luke and pete show community yeah do check out keith uh keith cooks k-e-e-f-c-o-o-k-s that's how you spell cooks um this is he started doing live streams which is fascinating he actually doesn't look he doesn't look like um colonel Sanders. he looks a bit like um andrew jennings the man who brought down fifa <laughs> he does a little <laughs> yeah. bit, yeah. um so this is the start of his live stream okay So he just says, okay, pours himself a stout, <laughs> and then um, he just looks into the camera. For ages. For ages, and then... This is intense. Does he, he, does he know it's on? Yeah, he, he knows that he's streaming, then he gets a sign. <laughs> I think he thinks there's no sound. Do you reckon? No, no, because what, what he does at the end, he, 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 he puts up a sign saying, going to the toilet. <laughs> and then he just leaves the frame. Go before you come That's on, Keith. <laughs> Should be the first thing you do. He takes his beer as well. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Oh, oh, Keith. I love Keith Cooks. Where would we be without the eccentricities of Keith Cooks? <laughs> That's what I want to know. So there uh, we go. That's number five. Magic. Right, coming in at number four, we're going to take a bit... It's still, it's still food related. Right. But we're going to take a bit of a turn. Mm. Do you want to give me one of your fanfares? All right, then. Keith Cooks. No, number no. four, I'm sad to say, no. 
is toilet bread. Oh, no. And this comes from an email from Tom Byfield, which I'm going to reread in case you guys, in some weird way, don't remember this appalling episode. Dirty boy. Um, Good morning, chaps. I thought I'd regale you with a story that was told to me by a good friend of mine over the weekend. My pal is a police officer who was telling me some of the funniest stories that he's discovered while working on the force. (laughs) His team were tipped off about a large drug deal that was going to happen in an underpass in Bristol. They filled the underpass with uh, undercover police officers and when a slightly odd-looking gentleman carrying a brown paper bag entered the public toilet in the underpass, their interest was piqued. When the gentleman left the toilet five minutes later without said brown bag, they detained him for interrogation. He would not tell them where the bag had gone or what was inside the bag despite hours of questioning. Eventually, he cracked and admitted that he wasn't doing anything illegal but had initially been too embarrassed to tell them what he'd actually been up to in the toilet. (laughs) Apparently, this man's fetish was to buy a fresh loaf of bread from a baker's take it into a public toilet, wipe the seat with the bread, and then sit on the toilet and eat it. A truly horrendous story, but one I thought you may enjoy. Well, we haven't enjoyed it, Tom, but it has <laughs> made it into the top five. Um, toilet bread was number four in our listeners' list of things that were most memorable about this show. Now, before <laughs> I get your comments on this, Pete, in retrospect, um, on Urban Dictionary, now I know you can find anything on Urban Dictionary, mm. there's an entry as follows called Bread Leaving. The act of leaving slices of bread in public toilets to absorb the aroma of the cubicles where random sexual encounters take place. The bread is then removed and then taken home, held up to one's nose and masturbated wildly to while enjoying the smell of a public toilet in the comfort of your own home. It's out there. It's out there. It's happening. This is something that's happening. Does bread absorb um, the smells of things quite readily? I guess, well, I suppose, you know, I don't know. I mean, the overwhelming smell would probably be of bread. Yeah, surely. It's quite a, it's quite a uh, emotive fragrance, isn't Just it? Just um, rub some Domestos on, on some bread. I think, you, you know, you've got, it all, you've got all the smells. If you've come home after a day's work or whatever, and, or you wake up in the morning and the first thing you get is freshly baked bread wafting through the, mm. your house, you're loving that. I guess. But if you get to the bread and you start slicing it and it's covered in um, actual piss... <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not as nice. I guess um, smell is more evocative than anything, isn't it? Um, it takes you back. What takes are your you thoughts? Back, it? What are your thoughts on this second time around? Because well, first... well, if you're really, um, I don't know about the eating thing. I don't really get the eating thing. But the smelling thing, I can kind of get because obviously, it, again, as I said, it's quite evocative. Um, it takes you back to where you were back in the day. Um, and if you're, if you have like a particularly defining or exciting sexual experience in a public toilet, or you've seen one. Yeah, um, that's going to take you back and re- remind you of how good it was to see a man joylessly pull his pull but, his winky. But why is the bread in there? This what? is the thing. If you if you, you, sm- you can smell the toilet smells, it's like an association. Yeah, but just use a cloth. <laughs> All right, just use or a or a vial. You know, use a vial. Yeah, there's no need yeah. to get bread involved. I don't, I don't have any problem. With, just jerk off in the cubicle. I don't have anything like everyone else does. <laughs> I don't have a problem with any of it apart from the bread. I don't know where the bread's coming in. Yeah. What is it? Because no. it's a cheap, particularly cheap food stuff. Are you, <laughs> anyone can. It's very egalitarian. Use bread. <laughs> it's cheap. You get a loaf of 50p. It's to me, and also part of me, I know you're going to hate this, but part of me really likes nicely made, like artisan food mm. because people have put time into it. I don't want to hear that you're getting like an artisan sourdough, which has been lovingly made by a guy who woke up at four in the morning and mm. really loves his craft, and mm. rubbing it around a toilet seat. I think it's disrespectful to the art. Well, I think anything with a hard crust isn't going to absorb. It's not. You no, need a mighty white. A you need a mighty white. Yeah. Not even a King's Mill. King's Mill's. You need a white, anemic, bleached rotter of a of a bread. The bread that you like. A Danish little Danish loaf, maybe. 
a mighty white, mighty yeah. white, a yeah. champion. Remember champion? champion? Yeah, champion. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that that was. I mean, I don't know if we've ever been lower than that. No, the bread and toilet business. <laughs> but you know, thanks to Tom By for getting in touch. That was very popular with the listeners. So you got you got Hamilton. Um, number three. Moving on to number three. If you want to give us a little fanfare, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> comes from uh, Mr. Damien Cunningham. Now, Ooh. this one was something I didn't immediately remember, and I don't think you did either. Mm. Um, but it is really good. I, I really like it. And and uh, and so, so I'll just read it now from Damien. He says, uh, Hi, Luke and Pete. Um, I have a summer-themed story in a similar story, a similar vein story to Pete's story about putting um, his father's condom to his lips accidentally. Now, oh, that was a big dear. moment as well, but it yeah. didn't make the top five. You found what you thought was a balloon under your parents' bed mm-hmm. turned out to be a a used condom, mm. you know, and, and that's, that's really where we should leave that. Damien <laughs> says once, uh, when he was about five, he attempted to super glue his teeth and lips shut in order to become a better ventriloquist and be more like Garfield. Oh dear. Now, wh- where do you think, what's the ventriloquist crossover with Garfield here? Because Garfield is a cartoon cat, not a ventriloquist. Yeah. I, it must be two separate things. Well, he there. showed his teeth, didn't he? But he would kind of like, he would dream the things he was thinking. He would never say anything out loud, would he? I don't think Garfield. so, no. Yeah. He had that big sort of grin, though. Yeah. Um, he said, "My, I remember my mother freaking out, which in hindsight is understandable because despite all preconceived notions, she does actually care about me, and rushing me to the doctor. And I remember being quite irked because I missed Fraggle Rock that evening. <laughs> it's <laughs> quite an 80 story. With my blistered. Um, yeah, oh. so so um, to, to, <laughs> I quite like that because it's in a, in a way it's very in, sort of indicative of what our listenership are like. <laughs> it's like a therapy session can you, you, can you remember any um anything that either you did or your friends did that was anywhere near like that um to to kind of emulate their um uh, no i don't think so i mean it's just like i remember reading the t- seeing a tv show of a woman who had issues with her front teeth mm. uh and one of them had fallen out but instead of going to the dentist she got into a habit of just super gluing it back in oh, over and over again mm. And I think it used to work for like a day and then yeah. it's more you should ever do it again sort of thing because she was so terrified of the dentist, which is an awful story. But I don't know if a five-year-old should be knocking about with super glue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you? My dad used to, I think I've probably spoken about this before, but my I had a great love for my dad had this kind of very strong, I think it was like a, some kind of metal polymer mix. I don't know how those two things would mix, but it was like this um, paste and there was an orange tub that looked like um, a small munition. Uh, and there was a grey one as well, and he used to get the paste, the white oh, paste. I remember one, this. You used to have to mix it and mix it up, and it wasn't it's like aralite. No, it? it wasn't aralite. No, it's like a, it was a strong metal. It was like a, it was a metal kind well, of. Mix. Where do they get it from? Uh, well, work, I presume. Right. But he would, um, but you'd have to mix it together. It would make this wonderful kind of like solid, uh, almost like stone kind of metal kind of uh, thing. It was a fantastic bit of work. But yeah, I, I, anything you got to mix makes it sound makes it a bit more exciting. I, I think. I remember my dad mixing stuff. But I thought it was Araldite. Yeah, smelled, Araldite. It's not really yeah. funny. Yeah, Araldite has a. a the, I think you still get it. It's like a mixing thing. They what was the purpose of that? Well, it activates each the chemicals in each so it's, tub. So it's stronger. But yeah. Otherwise, like you just have a. There'd be no point in selling it because it would be a solid glue already. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Um, did I tell you about the time I dropped a whole jug of? Oh, yeah, I have told you this because you told me a story similar where I dropped the swarf eagle and it went up into my eyes. Yeah, it was a bit right, like it, on it, it was like a, um, a sort of eighties kitchen-based working-class version of when Dennis Nedry gets spat on by the dinosaur in Jurassic Park. 
<laughs> it was like this green goop in my face. Anyway, so the man who glued his jaw and lips together as a child to be like Garfield is number three. Mm. Thank you, Damien Cunningham, for that contribution. Uh, number two, this one is a more recent one and I think very controversial. But uh, Pete, give me another little fanfare. I'm going to have to remind you every single time. I think they're getting better. Mm. Um, this is from Andy McNeil. Can you remember Andy McNeil? Mm, did he write Bravo to Zero? <laughs> yes, he did. No. Yeah. No, not, not that. Right. Andy McNeil is the man uh, who has never eaten a crisp. Oh, yeah. Not having that. Nah. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Gents, having heard you speak about crisps and just an everyday chat, favourite crisps is always a popular conversation topic. I, however, have never eaten a crisp in my life and I am 31 years old. For some reason, it was one of those things that when I was a toddler, I just decided I never liked, having never tasted. This progressed into my youth and soon it became me just being stubborn and now it's almost like a phobia. Normally when I tell people, normally it's my mates, um, their instant reaction is, what about Quavers? What about Hula Hoops? And go on to name every <laughs> single brand. Answer is always the same. Yeah. My thinking now, apart from the fact that I'm probably scared, is that I eat enough shite like chocolate and biscuits so I can do without them. I include nachos in this, and the nearest thing is eating one of those sweet potato biscuit things. I don't know what that is. Papa Doms. Uh, yeah, uh, utterly, utter nonsense, but something I'm ridiculed for constantly. Now, we, we extended an invite to Andy to come in. And eat a crisp. To eat a crisp, but I've not heard back from him. So he's probably listening <laughs> to this. a long time ago. Yeah, he's probably listening. Maybe he ate a crisp and went to encephalactic shock or something and died. Yeah, maybe. We can only hope because his behaviour is abhorrent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get for a week without eating a crisp. <laughs> I never, it's something I never buy, but if I see a ball of them at work, I'm like, right they're, they're gone. They That's are gone. True. There's a crisp, isn't there a crisp shop near your house? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, hip chips. They it's do like, like a sweet crisp like an artisanal, um, uh, yeah, an artisanal crisp shop. The sweet ones are horrible. They're just really kind of, um, they're fancy um, crisp, but the problem is there's a little bit of root vegetable action in there. I don't, I, don't, I have no truck with that. I have no, um, sorry, I have no... Um, Beetroot, sweet potato, yeah, fuck parsnip. That. Disgusting. Why? They uh, absorb the oil in a different way and they, they're rigid and oily and disgusting. Mm. Stick to the potatoes, guys. Stick Andy, to the classics. Andy McNeil, you're not missing out on much. But hip chips, they've got like um, little dips like katsu curry and jam and all kinds of stuff and you, you know, have it sweet or Yeah, you sour. brought them to the studio once. They were all right. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really like the not, sweet ones. Not much, uh, yeah, not much to write home it's about. It's also about 100 quid for a box of them as well <laughs> to make it financially viable for them. <laughs> all right, so number five was a long egg. Number four was toilet bread. Mm. Number three was... Uh, actually, all these are food-related. Absolutely all of them. Even the what? Man, because the man who glued his jaw shut, the boy, he obviously can't eat, so it is sort of food-related. The boy! Number two was um, never had a crisp. Number one, I think you could probably all guess it. Um, I'm not going to introduce it. I'm just going to read the email again because it's a classic. Mm. It is a classic. Mm. Um, so here it goes. Let me just grab it so I can actually see it. Right, here we go. It's from Dan, and it goes as follows. Um, upon hearing your patter about what families talk about over the dinner table. I was transported back to a Christmas dinner I had with my family the best part of a decade ago. Quick background. I grew up on the outskirts of the lovely city of Bath in a conservative, somewhat Christian-focused household. For all of my adolescence, I concealed my deviant side from my strict, God-fearing, but otherwise lovely parents. That is, until my first Christmas back after starting uni in Liverpool. Ugh. I'd never been one for swearing much, especially not in front of my parents. But going to Union, a much bigger and livelier city, surrounding myself with gruffer people, I'd picked up the habit of effing and jeffing like I was a sailor down the Albert Dock. <laughs> Not wanting to upset my parents, I'd kept my foul tongue in check all over the Christmas holiday. That was until Christmas dinner itself. Oh. My favourite thing about Christmas dinner has always, and will always be, pigs in blankets. 
Indeed, I'd always sneak an extra one more than was probably approved by my father and hoped there'd be plenty left over once I'd forced down all the dry meat and veg. However, this year, my mother, always fond of the finer things in life, took it upon herself to empty the half dozen or so pigs in blankets left over onto her own plate before she'd even finished her roasties, the total cheat. Without thinking, in total disgust, I said, you greedy cunt. <laughs> well, that was it. So strong. Mayhem. My father dropped his glass of wine, smashing instantly, startling the cat to the point it jumped directly onto the dinner table. The dog, Gandalf, not wanting to be outdone, instantly leapt from the floor to the table to chase the cat, trampling on all the fruits of my mother's labour before settling into the bowl of cauliflower cheese. My mother was shell-shocked, and her only words to me the rest of the day were that she was heartbroken. <laughs> my sister vowed to never speak to me again, as I'd ruin her favourite meal of the year, while my three brothers raged from indifference, one of them's a pothead, to finding it hilarious. My dad told me it best I didn't accompany the family to the traditional after-dinner drink in the local pub, the first time I could have gone and legally enjoyed an adult beverage, which I must admit hurt. To this day, my parents refer to it as the incident, in quotes, and whenever one of my siblings invariably brings it up over a family meal, a cold chill passes around the dinner table, my mother's eyes narrow, and my father's cheeks turned to a delightful shade of pink. As it is, I regret that so much food went to waste, but she was being greedy. Love the show, guys. All the best, Dan. <laughs> oh, it's always going to be in our mind. That's Nothing more thing. to say, is there? Just no. kill it there. Yeah. That's episode 100. Oh. Thanks very much for your support over the 100 episodes you've listened to. Mm. Um, we look forward to making some more for you. Oh, I've got to do this more of them. If I can persuade Pete to do so. <laughs> and we will, all being well, see you next week. In the meantime, be a good person. Don't be a greedy cunt. Yeah. See you later, cunts. <laughs> Bye. Any final words, Pete? See you later. Hi, everyone. Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey! Hey! What are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas and I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to back 
battle druids in wizard duels, which is <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of wizard duel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead.